the more we get real, the more we can see where other people are coming from and have more empathy. I feel like social media, a lot of times we lack a lot of empathy. We lack a lot of empathy and it's, we're so quick to judge, you know, this marriage or that situation or that, how that person parents. But I, I, the older I get, I'm 43 and the older I get, I want to get to know the root of the person. Like, why are you that way? Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Well, today we're super excited because for me, every morning I get to listen to this voice on the radio that has made me laugh, made me cry. Um, But most important, just you are so real. So our guest today is a woman that many of you may know and may hear, but we want to introduce Jessica Ferguson. She is with iHeartRadio Z97.1, and it's my favorite show, even if I only get 20 minutes in the morning. I love it. Thank you. Um, but for those of you, it's Frankie and Jess in the morning, and Frankie's awesome too. Yeah, so he's he is. Great. He's great. But we're so, so, so excited to have you today, and thanks for agreeing to be on Pieces of a Woman. The biggest reason we wanted you here is do you realize how much of an influencer you are and how empowering you are for women? Oh gosh, that is so awesome. Thank you for saying that. I don't know if I know that or not. <laughs> I think some days I'm like, oh, I'm making a difference. And other days, you know, right? It's very human. Yeah. Am I making a difference? So yeah, it just depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just to get started, give us a little background of where you came from. Um, how did you get into radio? And yeah, where did it all start? Oh gosh. Okay. So I grew up in Arizona and I was really young and I just loved music. It was my refuge. I'd go in my room, have my boom box, listen to music, listen to local stations. I'd call for the contests, win the CDs, win the t-shirts, the stickers. I just loved radio. I loved music and radio, how it made me feel. I would record my own little radio show with my sister. So our last names are Bertram. So, and my sister's Katrina. So, and I'm Jessica, obviously. So it was KBJB radio. So we had our own radio station. Trina didn't like radio as much as I did. So sometimes she would storm out. I'd be like, oh shoot, we're in the middle of a broadcast. She had a meeting to get to. I had to cover for her, but she just didn't love it as much as I did. But um, yeah, my mom would have Red Book magazines. And so I'd read the you know, Massengill and Tampax. <laughs> Those were my commercials. <laughs> Reading them out of the magazine. And I just loved it. I'd call the DJs at night, request songs. I was that annoying teen and tween bugging the radio station guys, but I just was infatuated with it. So I just knew that I wanted to be on the radio one day and my favorite radio personalities would take about two weeks off at Christmas and I would be so mad at them because I missed them and I wanted my routine and they were my friends but then I was like, ooh, when I'm a radio girl, I'm going to take two weeks off at Christmas, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. But it's so true. I never really thought of that. You get used to hearing 
that person, yeah. you know, and I don't listen for the, I love the music, but that's the only show I listen to because I want to hear you and Frankie oh, talk you. and Kylie's awesome. Yeah. Well. Producer but Kylie. It's, it's some of my favorite things that you do are passive aggressive Tuesdays. Yes, too. Love that. Yes, too. But your secret Santa has me, I'll be on the road to work and I'm in tears oh, yeah. with your secret Santa, but you guys do so much. What is your passion? What have you loved about being in radio? Oh, good question. So many things. I think the community aspect of it, yeah. like Secret Secret Santa. Um, I love our text message system because we get to hear from our listeners and friends. And it's like we're all having coffee in the morning together. Yeah. And I love that. I love that we're so connected to the community through email and social media. And like I said, the texts, I it feels close. It feels like we're close. And I love Salt Lake. Obviously, growing up in Arizona, I loved it. Never thought I would leave Arizona. But I... There's just something special about Salt Lake City. There's something special about Utah and the people here and the the sense of community and the closeness. I mean, if we need something for a listener, for Secret Santa or whatever else, you know, somebody's in need, everybody, I mean, it floods in and people want to help. Even people that don't really have the means to help want to help just the good hearted people in this town. We know how to show up. Honestly. We do. It's so true. And it's not like that in Phoenix. And, I, and I'm not coming in my home state, my hometown or anything like that. But I know that I would not have this experience. It wouldn't be as rich if I would have stayed in, and done the radio thing in Phoenix like I wanted to. God always has a bigger plan. Yeah. God always scoots you in the direction, even though you feel like he's taking you from where you're supposed to be. Yeah. He knows. I mean, because even moving here, it took me about five years to get acclimated here because all my friends and family were back home. And I'm such... A girl with FOMO, right? I don't want to miss out on anything. And I would call once a week and I talked to my mom every day, but once a week I'd be bawling. I don't want to be in Salt Lake anymore. I want to come home. I want to come home. And I was just so adamant that I was supposed to be back in Phoenix and I would try out for other radio gigs and try to go back home. And God's like, oh, you're cute. You're cute. But this is where you need to be. And we've been here 16 years and I don't know if I'll ever leave. This is our happy place. And the people make it. Such a wonderful life. Well, we're lucky to have you. Oh, thank so you. So Chrissy and I are native Utahns. Awesome. And so, you know, we don't know what it's like to live anywhere else. So um, You're in the right place. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're so blessed to be here. Well, and think about it. When you travel and go other places and it's yeah. fun to travel, but you're like, oh, there's no place. Oh like, my gosh. There's no place like home here. I mean, they're real, I mean, just the people and it's clean and it's family oriented and it's a great economy. I mean, there's so many wonderful things about Utah and I, I just couldn't love it anymore. You get yeah. everything, including the appreciation for the bipolarism of Utah. Yeah. It comes to <laughs> our weather. Yeah, it's true. You can go skiing during the day and then you can come and play golf at, yeah. you know, in the afternoon. Okay. So I want to kind of go back a little bit. You talked about when you were young in your teenage years and you were dreaming of doing what you're doing. Yeah. How does it feel today? Do you feel like you're living your dream? Oh, yeah. It's a hard industry to get into, first and foremost, especially for women. It's getting better. But yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, I had people telling me, oh my gosh, that would be great, but how are you going to do that? And I didn't know the how, but I just knew that that was my why and that that I wanted that and I wanted to do that. So um, I ended up going to Arizona State and majoring in broadcasting. And I was just like, gosh, okay, so what do I do now? You know, you graduate from college and you think you're going to have all these job offers and all this money's going to roll in. <laughs> no. So I had somebody reach out to me. I interned a lot. And that's the thing. You just got to get your foot in the door, intern, meet people, network. And people would tell you that. And I'm like, how do you even do that? But you just do whatever you have to do to get in the door and then work your butt off. So 
I had this guy that reached out and he's like, Hey, come work at my radio network. And I was like, radio network. And now I'm going to be on the air. But I'm so glad that I took that opportunity because I did work on the network side for four years. And that's how I made my connections to Salt Lake. Oh, wow. And it was funny because I would talk to all these um, program directors west of the Mississippi, all these different radio stations, all these different formats. And they're like, girl, why are you not on the air? You are too talented to be selling radio programs. You need to be on the air. And I'm like, I know that's the goal. That's the goal. And then my husband was also in radio because we met in a broadcasting class in college and he got the call to come here. So it was him that brought us here. He was in sports radio. He couldn't get full time in Phoenix. He came here. We were engaged. I didn't want to come here, but I was like, how would that be to start out a marriage telling your future husband, hey, you can't live your dream because I want to stay home with my family in Phoenix. So I was scared to death. Didn't want to do it. Like I said, it took me five years to really plant roots here, but greatest gift of our lives being here. And now my husband's in real estate, but he was able to dabble and do his radio thing. And um, it's just, it always, it's part of the journey, right? You don't get it. It feels like it just aligned for you. And I'm convinced that if you would have set in a demo of your recorded 13 year old self, you would have nailed that right. I have those tapes. I have those tapes. I don't know how to, I'm not techie. We were talking about this before we started rolling where three of us here are sitting here are not very techie girls. You guys seem a lot more techie than I am, but yeah, I have those tapes. I just need somebody to help me convert them because I am dying to hear how terrible they were. I want to know what that looks oh like when you do gosh. that because I think that would be amazing. I'll have to share them oh, with you I guys. Oh, it's so funny. So when did you and Frankie meet? When did, because you guys seem, you are, you just gel. Mm, you just fall together. My buddy. He, and I think he's hysterical, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I, what I love so much is you guys are just so real. And sometimes you'll, kind of hint about swearing or whatever. But I love the fact that you'll tell people, hey, if you don't like what we're saying, it may not be, we may not be the radio station for you. True. And I love that because that means you know who you are. Yeah. Well. And you're not afraid to to say it. And that is so endearing. And I'm just like, yeah, I love that. that <laughs> Thank they're, you. They're, you're just real. Thank so, you. Anyway. Tell us about that relationship though. Kind of yeah. how did you guys get that one? That um, so, so like I said, my hubby was here and he was working on a sports station. So I worked at the network in Phoenix and gave my three weeks notice and they were not very happy that I was leaving. And she said some really nasty things behind my back, but it's like, okay, this just proves I'm making the right decision by leaving you crazy lady. Yeah. So, um, ended up coming here, didn't have a job, scared to death. I've never not had a job. So that was very foreign to me. But my husband said, hey, you know, the music station down the hall from my sports station is hiring a morning show gal and they've been interviewing people for a month and they really just haven't found anybody. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how would this be? How would this be? So I was excited but nervous, didn't want to get my hopes up. But I was like, oh, gosh. So, yeah, they had me try out and I was there Monday and then they're like, okay, come back Tuesday. And I came back Tuesday and they're like, okay, come back Wednesday. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was there by Friday. I was like, are we getting married? I'm the dating period is going to, I need to get a paycheck. So yeah. So ended up um, starting with ZHT and I've been there now over 16 years in the mornings with Frankie. And he is the brother that I never had. We've been through a lot of life together. When I met him, he was um, dating and then engaged to another gal. Now he's, you know, married and has a son. And when I met him, I was newly married. And now our son's 14. And we've just done a lot of life together. He's truly, he's just family. He's such a good guy. Oh, we have very so deep bond. 
Well, I think that's part of what makes your show so successful, I would think. It's just the it's authentic and it's you guys are just so real. So I keep saying that, but it's the it's relationship. Oh, thank you. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, and what you guys have created together is obviously resonating with your listeners because they want that real raw vulnerability. And I think you guys are providing that. Thank you. Yeah. On that note, when you think about the platform that you have been given and where you're at in terms of your voice, do you feel a responsibility? I'm sure you do, but what is that opportunity for you to continue to share so that other women can have that or feel like if she can do it and be that, I can. Mm. What does that look like for you? And do you understand that that's what you've created? Mm. Thank you. I should have told you guys I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I told you I'm tired. <laughs> I didn't sleep very good last night. Yeah, I think a part of the realness comes from growing up. I lo- it was a family of four. My, you know, mom, dad, me and my sister and everything looked perfect on the outside. Mm. But I was like... No, I mean, my parents are great. They're awesome. They're still married. Um, but we were just never allowed to share. You know, it was like, nope, no, 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 no. Shh, we don't talk about that stuff. You know, it was like, talk about what? And there was no, you know, anything secretive or crazy or abusive or anything like that. But I was just, I w- I've always been an open book. And that makes people uncomfortable. But I was like, but shouldn't we be sharing? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we be collaborating our stories? Because all of our stories are unique and different. And sometimes they align and we're supposed to be together with those people in that time and support each other. And I've just, it just, it doesn't bug people that I'm an open book. <laughs> so I, I like to share cause I want other people to share. Um, I like that. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm a plus size girl and I love that. That's different. Um, so I love being a part of the plus size community. I think your openness is refreshing. Thank and you. I think it encourages other women and younger girls to go, okay, I can be real. I can open up and I can share. And you, you give that platform. Of, it is okay to do that. I think it's so powerful. Thank you. And I think one of the biggest reasons too, is I just want more people to know about God. I mean, we're all sinners. We all have our junk. Nobody's perfect. Not one single person, no matter how much we try and clean it up. Right. <laughs> when you grow up and it's so pretty on the outside. Being real is sexy. Being real is vulnerable. And like I said, everybody has a story to share. And I love that people know that I do cuss and I do tell dirty jokes. But you know what? God still loves me and he's proud of me. And I think people have sometimes the wrong idea of how much God loves us and that he's not there to punish us and that he truly made us in his image and that it's okay to be who we are. Yeah. Well, and I think you you kind of touched on this. More people are in that same space where they think that they have to put on this front yeah, and they think that they have to have this picture painted. I mean, we see it all over social media. Totally. We see a snapshot of what is going on in the world that we don't really know what's going on after that 30 second snapshot is happening. True. And I I think the conversation's opening up a little bit more where people are starting to recognize the beauty and the benefit of sharing and being open and being real but you're giving that every every day and it's which is kind of like really pushing that forward and that momentum is increasing more than we ever probably thought would ima- we could imagine. And so I think you just need to keep doing what you're doing because mm, thank you. There's still a lot that are caught in that space where they're afraid to share what's going on with their children. They're yeah. afraid to share what's going on with their marriage or they're afraid what's happening at work and we can be more aligned with the people that need to be with us along that path, if we can just be more open. Yeah. 
I agree. And I think, I think uh, the social media thing. So I realized a while ago, it's, it's not always that great for our mental health, which we were talking about, right? It's just kind of like, wait, what am I supposed to look like that? Am I supposed to act like that? So I started on following people that I deemed that were pretty fake. You know, I was just like, you're not good for me because I know that's not the real you. I know that's not the real story. And I don't want to be sold what you're selling me. So I did. I unfollowed a bunch of people a while ago because I was just like, that's not real. And I know so many of my friends and family members follow people like that. And they are. They're always beating themselves up. And I'm like, oh, there's a quick solution. It's called unfollow. Um, But I think the more we get real, the more we can see where other people are coming from and have more empathy. I feel like social media, a lot of times we lack a lot of empathy. We lack a lot of empathy. And it's we're so quick to judge you know, this marriage or that situation or that, how that person parents. But I, I, the older I get, I'm 43 and the older I get, I want to get to know the root of the person. Like, why are you that way? Where did you come from? What happened to you to make you lash out that way? What happened to you that makes you be such a giver and have a big heart? Like, I love getting to know the real deep root of that person. It's so intriguing to me. Asking the questions without judgment, but then we have a responsibility to be real and to trust who we're giving that information to. True. So we've got to be trustworthy if yep. we want someone to be real with us. It is. It's that. a trust. It's a trust relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So coming through the pandemic and this whole crazy, it's been almost, we're going on two years yeah. now of, of kind of that time. And I know you guys had to broadcast from home during some yeah, time. It's crazy. And just a different, how, how has that changed radio? Has it changed how you are on the radio and um, what's been the dynamic with that? Oh, that's a good question. We don't love to work from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't love it. Technically it's okay. It's not the best, right? Our studios are, are of our better quality. Um, and we like to be in person. It's really hard to do a show over FaceTime. It's just hard We're I'm a people person. We're people, people. I just need that chemistry, that energy, you know, it's just, it's such an awesome relationship, especially when you're in person. So yeah, that was rough. We broadcasted from home over the pandemic when I had COVID. So a couple of weeks there and then Frankie had COVID. So a couple of weeks there. So yeah, we, I mean, I'm trying to think. And then we were in his basement for a little bit. So we probably broadcasted from our homes for a month and a half total out of the pandemic. Not so too not too bad. Yeah, we were really lucky that way. But we, we like to go into the station and we have our routine. And yeah, but yeah I just felt like... Um, I don't know. I, I love that we were there. We were the constant for people because that's what your morning show is. Those are your friends in the morning that, you know, when you turn it on, their voices are going to be there. And, um, I was glad that even though, yeah, we were at home battling COVID, we still kept the show going because we love our listeners that much. And I didn't, I mean, we have hundreds of sick days to tell you the truth. We don't take sick days. We don't want to miss out on you guys. You have FOMO. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Even with COVID, I had FOMO. I'm sitting there with a 103 degree temperature and I'm like, let's go, you know? And a lot of people needed the sense of community because everybody felt so isolated and alone. So at least the show was still there to give some normalcy. So true. Because everybody's life changed. Totally. So thank you for that, for doing that. It was our pleasure. It kept us going too. Have you noticed a change in the audience over the last couple of years or responses from the audience, needs? That's a good question. I just didn't know if you guys felt more pressure to bring something more um, just with everything. I just in society in general. True. Um, with the whole cancel culture. Oh, and yeah. And 
you know, we're, I think we need to be more loving and accepting and, and laugh more yes. people stop, yes. please. I think, you know what? And that's such a great question because I feel like people are more intense and I'm generalizing. Of course, people seem more triggered, short tempered, and it's just people's fear. It's fear. It's change. It's all out of our comfort zone and everybody acts differently. Once again, going back to the root of your childhood, you know, why people are acting the way they're acting when things shift. We had the pandemic, we had earthquakes here. I mean, everything was like, whoa, 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 what is yeah. happening? So yeah, it feels like a lot of people lost their laughter. And so it, it's kind of touching. A lot of comedians talk about that, you know, things that were once funny and accepted are now, like you said, cancel culture. So it has been the past year and a half kind of tiptoeing because you don't want to offend, but at the same time, you want to be who you are. So it's a really hard place to be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily maid service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats. We're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at ExclusiveRetreats.com. If you look back at your career and what you've done, where you've been, where you've arrived first, do you feel like you've arrived? And second, what's been your biggest lesson through your career path? Mm, those are good. Biggest lesson through the career path is to speak up sooner, especially if you feel really strongly about something. I think, like I said, when I got into radio, it was mostly male Predominantly, I was one of like two females in our building for a long time. As far as the on-air side, it was just, you know, it's just a, just a lot of guys in radio. Nothing wrong with that. I love guys. But yeah, I just felt like I held back how I really felt and what was important to me for many, many years um, and meetings and things like that, things I should have said. But, you know, I was also in my 20s and now I'm in my 40s. And I think that's just a rite of passage as you grow into who you are as a person. So I don't want to shame my former self, because I learned so much and it gave me the courage and confidence to be the person that speaks up today with my ideas and what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with. Feeling like I've arrived, I don't know what that feels like. I really don't. I just know that I am so grateful, so grateful to live my dream and live in this place and be friends with people like you. I'm just grateful. I love what you said about not shaming your prior self. That is so, I never really thought about that. How often do we shame our prior self? We did the best we knew at the time. True. And instead of loving that person and where we were, that and just I, hit me really hard. I feel mm. like that comes as we mature. So Jess, tell me, when did that happen for you that you could stop shaming your prior self? Like, do you feel like that has always been the case or did that show up for you later? Recent 40s. Yeah. 40s for sure. And lots of therapy. <laughs> therapy is a good thing. I mean, because it does. I mean, I think sometimes we or think about it, like even on the playground as kids, you're like, that person hurt me. Like the victim mentality, the victimhood starts young. Yes. And like, we don't see ourselves and what we play, what our role is. And so I've really been more conscious of what my role is as a person in relationships and as a person, just myself. But that's therapy. Probably 40 is the last three years have been a lot of, I'm almost 44. So a lot of growth, 
lot of painful growth, but with yeah. pain, it comes good stuff. You know, we shy away from pain. We fear pain, but some of the coolest things come out of that. I was just listening while well, I'm a huge Brene Brown's. Oh, I love her too. Time, yeah. but the, her new book, which I'm anyway talking about, if we don't look back and acknowledge, we can't grow true um, from it, but it's, we avoid it so much yeah. uh, of looking back, but that's, that's really big. I love it. That's the blessing of getting older. Yeah. Um, we interviewed a, a pretty incredible coach and she said, the first step is owning your shit. Totally. And that's what <laughs> yes. you, just, like, you just get it's to true. a point where you own your shit and then you can move forward. You're right. Well, don't you feel so. like some, at some point, maybe it was just me, but in my 20s, I was afraid of 30s. And in my 30s, I was afraid of 40s. Yeah. In my 40s, I was afraid of 50s. And 50 was damn old. But here I am in my 50s. And I'm, <laughs> You guys are sexy. Are you both in your 50s? God, you guys are hot. Jeez. And, and I'm so grateful because, you know, as you pointed out, you know, I get to look back at all the growth that I got from my 30s, 40s, and 50s. But if I were, if you were to take me back to those prior years, I didn't have what I have today to not shame my prior self. True. And now I get to celebrate and honor yeah. and embrace all of that. But that comes with that maturity, yeah. which I think is so beautiful. And I'm grateful yeah. that I get to have that today. And I wish I could have had it in my 30s. So to yeah. all of you listeners who are in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, we want you to embrace where you're at today because it's just going to make you the woman you're going to be yeah. down the road. Well, it's embracing all the things, right? We yeah. never appreciated our tight skin. Oh my gosh. Or flat stomachs. Yes, <laughs> flat stomachs, perky boobs. Oh my like gosh, I know. And you're like, what has happened? It's true. Our eyebrows. How about just embracing oh, our I eyebrows? Know. Our we all, thick eyebrows that we plucked. We plucked them out. Now we have to, you know, tattoo them on. Yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's so true. But oh. I love what you said. You said somewhere, just kind of going back a little bit about... Um, learning from where we come from. And I feel like everybody, that's like this, the huge message that I know Frankie and I talk about this a lot off the air. My husband and I talk about it a lot is that if you don't acknowledge your shit, and this is as humans, as a society, we can't just get a big old rug and shove everything under it. We have to learn and come through and go through what we're growing through. And I, and that's the thing with the whole cancel culture, like, yes, yeah, some terrible, awful things have happened, how do we make it better? Yeah. How do we not erase, but make it better so we don't repeat it? So I think that's what's so hard with what everybody's going through right now yeah. is nobody wants to remember the the terrible stuff, but how do we make it better? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we, how do we change? But also how do we reframe the shit and, and taking away that victim mm -hmm. so that we can thrive versus survive? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we can get so caught up in holding on to all of these things that we're never going to be able to thrive if we continue to use that as our excuse. True. Because we really want to, you know, honor it, acknowledge it, but then leave it so that it doesn't continue to be carried alongside holding us back. Yeah. And I, I heard it years ago, they do a lot of, you know, I've been part of Mary Kay for almost 10 years and. Um, we do a lot of retreats and it's a very positive space. And that's been a big part of my success as well as having that as an outlet. But you can be a victim or be victorious. I mean, it really is a choice, yeah. right? Like, yes, things happen, but do you have to stay there? No. You know, there's so many ways to get help now and therapy and um, and just have your network of people that you trust to be yourself with. I mean, whatever happens to each and every one of us is part of our story. It's part of it is 
awful as it is, it's part of our story. And like I said, it kind of helps other people because nothing's used in vain. God is very clear about that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I mean, I've been through so many surgeries and so many health issues. And there were times when I was in the victimhood of it of because I had to remove both of my eyeballs, which was terrifying. And I remember my son was little and in the back in a car seat and I'm screaming and crying like a crazy person saying, why me? Why me? Why me? But coming through all these health issues, I'm still here. And I'm able to help other people that are starting to go through that and they're scared to death. And I'm like, hey, let me take your hand. And so I love that. I love that God uses us to help each other if we're willing, if we're willing, you know? So true. Purpose is so powerful. Yeah. I always teach my son who's 14. We, we, you know, we drive by a lot of cemeteries here and I'm like, okay, like, you know, those people are, are now in heaven. They're in their next chapter. They've moved on. Like we still get today. What are we doing today? How do we change today? How do we make today better? Because we, we have to be, we have to heal so we can help our kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we just keep repeating the cycle, the cycle, the cycle, the victimhood cycle, the woe is me, poor me cycle, you know? Yeah. Well, shifting gears just a little bit. Um, because I said earlier when we were introducing you, I think you're a very powerful voice on the radio. And what I mean by that is I think you give women inspiration and hope and you inspire that. Wow. I mean, you look at you like it's so incredible. What would you say to the younger generation out there that are you know, teenagers and in their 20s, college students, females, because women are, it's slow. But you said in the beginning, it was more dominant males, true. which pretty much everything seems like it was. Yeah, that's true. Uh, real estate was too. Yeah, good call. It's definitely more females now um, in the industry. But what would you say to those women seeking, or these young girls seeking anything, any career? Like, what's the best advice you would give them? Oh, good question. Just not to give up. Like anything that you really want, it's going to suck sometimes. It's going to be hard. There's going to be things you don't want to do. You're like, oh, Jesus is beneath me. Or really? I have to do that. You know, there, but just embrace it because it, the suck doesn't last forever. And once you get through the suck, you're like, okay, this is cool. This is what I wanted. This is what I was looking forward to. You have to, you have to pay your dues. You have to earn it. There's no quick, get rich quick. There's no, I mean, there really isn't. And you guys are very established in your industries and it takes years to get there. So it's like, be willing to do what you really don't want to do to get to where you're going. You know, it's not easy. I work full time in radio. I have a side hustle. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I do a lot of stuff in the community. Is it hard? Hell yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. But it's the big picture. Like you were saying, it's the big picture of what I'm creating for me and my family and, and our future family. And it's, and it's cool. I mean, I get to do these things. I get to, yes, I'm tired. Yes, my health isn't always in the best condition, but I get to do these things. And it's, life is about having fun. I mean, we get today. Nobody's promised tomorrow. We get today. And it's exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. But don't, like, seriously, don't give up. If it's worth it to you, you won't give up. I love that. You and know? do the work. Do, do the work. The you have to. Yeah. And actually, the gift is a lot of times we don't see it, um, but there is a gift in doing the stuff you don't really want to do. You find out later, you may not realize it was a gift. Oh, true. But every step is every job you have is just training for whatever is going to get you, whatever you're going to be next. It's connected. Yeah. It's weirdly it connected. Weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Because yeah. oh, that at the time. No. I mean, I was sitting there at a radio network on the phone with one of my affiliates here in Salt Lake. And he's like, hey, I know Kev wants full time. I want to hire him in Salt Lake. I'm like, huh? I mean, how 
what? Yeah. And the radio network I didn't want to work at because I wanted to be on the air. <laughs> and I'm at this radio network on the phone and this guy wants to hire my fiance. I mean, it just is amazing. The architect that God is, and he has the blueprints and we're a teeny tiny, we can only see the speck and he's got the whole thing open yeah. and he connects it Sometimes all. Sometimes you just need to let Ooh, go. Get chills. And let it happen. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's the biggest thing is letting go. We're so controlling, yeah. wanting to hold on to stuff so fiercely. And God's like, oh, once again, you're cute. <laughs> this is the way you're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. Look at her. Awesome. She's so cute. <laughs> right? Oh, we you're precious. You're so pretty. Right? <laughs> I do that too. Oh, you're pretty. I do that to producer, producer Kylie all the time. I said, oh, sweetie, you're pretty. Awesome. <laughs> She's yeah. like, what did I do? <laughs> Okay, we have a question we'd love to ask okay. our guests. Um, if you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self anything, okay, what would it be? Oh, why you guys are worse than Barbara Walters and Oprah. <laughs> Thank God you put this Kleenex down. Oh, I dang. A I'm the only one crying. You you know, okay. <laughs> Dig deep. Uh, what would I say? There's so many things. Oh my gosh, that it doesn't matter what guys think about you or not. I think as women, we just we're so consumed if we're going to get married, if he thinks I'm pretty, you know, do I have a great body? Does anybody want to kiss me? I mean, it just I was always so I grew up, couldn't wait to get married, couldn't wait to have kids. That's all I wanted, right? I never wanted to, I of course, want to be on the radio, but I just want to get married and have kids and, and to just have higher standards for yourself, right? It's not always about looks. Um, it's about your heart and your effort and how you treat people. And just to enjoy. I loved my 20s. But yeah, you know, like you said, we're just really hard on ourselves. I was constantly comparing myself to other girls and how, why didn't I look like her? And oh, see, she, she always gets the guys. And oh, look at the look she's getting. I was so consumed by that, feeling insecure, that I knew that guys were looking at me too, but I just couldn't see it. So... I was really wrapped up in that, I think, is the popularity contest. Um, so I would just say, have fun. Love yourself where you're at. It's all going to work out. Don't worry about the guy situation. You're going to meet an awesome husband one of these days. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. And just not be so... The body image thing was really rough. Like, I definitely struggled with eating disorders in college. We would work out twice a day. We didn't eat a lot. I was in a sorority and I was always bigger boned. I mean, I was the tallest, second to tallest girl in fourth grade. So, I mean, I was always like a bigger chick, but I've just always hated myself for that. I've always hated myself. That's the one thing that I, I'm just like, you're, you've always been so mean to your body. And then you wonder why your body isn't good to you. She hears you. And God made you perfect in his image. And that's why I've had such weight struggles my whole life. And food addiction to fill the void of not being good enough. And just be careful who you let come into your ear. Be careful who you let resonate on your heart. Because some people, most people that are saying things to you that aren't productive, that are hurtful, it's their own shit. And you don't have to carry it. Because it's heavy. Wow. And by the way, that recorded demo that you did is going to kick ass in your 40s because you're gonna <laughs> rock it that's right oh, you're awesome that's right thank you well that was thank you so much thank you girls sharing. oh my gosh that this is... was therapeutic how much do i owe you <laughs> 
Hey, well, hey, we, who was it that gave us the lesson of to look at your, because you, you just said a very powerful message that we all need to hear um, before we end. And it was, it was who said, look, you're supposed to look at your body in the mirror and time how long it takes you before you say something negative about your body. Yeah. And words matter. Yeah. And what we're telling ourselves, instead of looking at our body and saying, thank you for being so strong and thank you for getting me through, you know, God, thank you for giving me these big hips to deliver a baby. You know, <laughs> True. You We're so critical. So, so that was critical. very powerful. But Jess, thank you so much for being here. Thank and you. I want people to find you. You're easy to find because <laughs> iHeartRadio is national, right? Yeah, international. It's international. Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. I knew it was national. So iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. Z97.1. Yes. Um, you guys are awesome. Thank I want you. people to go find you and listen to the morning show because it makes your day. And thank you for making all our day. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for having me. I'm just honored. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.